Hey, today is Sunday. <clears throat> Just updating you with what has happened uh, the last few weeks here. Um, it's very interesting. Um, I had my immigration hearing um, on, Wednesday, on Wednesday, September 11th, which was kind of like kind of like a weird day because that's what that's the day in which the towers fell. So I was really not feeling that that confident that what was going to happen anyway. Uh, my court hearing was at 1 p.m., so we did have uh, good, a good enough time to travel from Harrisburg all the way to Philadelphia. We did arrive, and um, I actually had to carry a box full of my paperwork and folders and binders and all the stuff that I needed for immigration. I arrived at 1.05. Um, thankfully, the judge was a very uh, understanding person, so I set up everything on the table. And um, the first few sentences that the judge said is um, that she doesn't believe that I am eligible to adjust status because I no longer have anyone that is going through medical or economic hardship. Um, But since I have already been prepared and investigating and doing my work, I was able to find out that there's an article, um, if I'm correct, it's 405L, which allows uh, immigrant people uh, who their spouses have passed away who have filed an I-130 and then they pass away, um, this article automatically turns this I-130 into an I-360. And because I no longer am filing as the spouse of a U.S. citizen but as a widow of a U.S. citizen, it comes with certain exemptions. For example, I no longer have to file the affidavit of support, which uh, normally your spouse files saying that they are going to support you. Um, so that's an exemption. That's a good thing. Um, the other thing is that um, I no longer, like I said, you know, I, I no longer filing as a, as, as a spouse but a widow. So it allows me a certain waiver or discretionary waivers, number one is that even though my spouse is no longer alive, um, USCIS will take that into account as a pro in favor of you for adjustment of status. Uh, So in other words, it's like if my husband was still alive and going through extreme economical medical hardship, except that in this case, I had to file also for humanitarian reasons because my husband is no longer here, but I'm here and Therefore, you know, there are some certain things that I also had to file in order for them to take into consideration that. Uh, I was very happy that um, the court, it didn't even look like it, but I was there for almost 45 minutes, I think. I was actually thinking it was going to be more than that, but um, the judge um, found um, that I would be temporarily uh, able to adjust status under discretion because I needed to file waiver 601. She did, however, say that she has the authority and the power to adjudicate the 601 in court. So she assigned a merit hearing for July the 31st of 2020. That's an early date that she could uh, have me in immigration court, but also that date I'm going to have my merit hearing for my asylum case just in case the 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 adjustment of status doesn't go through for any reason. Um, it's interesting um, that I also had to hand in a photocopy of all my passports. So I handed him, handed my passports from since I was like, I think, 14 years old. 
a copy of that. Um, somehow, DHS says that I have left the country in 2014, and they needed proof that I have not left the country, so I gave them that. I also gave them a copy of the uh, 601 uh, with a letter from my attorney that we actually hired to do that because we thought that it would be impossible to accomplish that. But to be honest, I actually did all the work. The only thing that the lawyer did was the cover letter explaining was what was in the thing and why I should get uh, humanitarian, um, the waiver of inadmissibility. Um, I could have done all that and save ourselves a lot of money. Um, but we decided, my husband and I, that that was, um, we, we could do this. Uh, we needed to do this because I wasn't really sure how to go about that. Um, so I also handed my packet for adjustment of status, which was like more than a thousand pages, one for the judge and one for the Department of Homeland Security. Um, so now what I have to do is gather affidavits of support and I'm ha I have to redo some of them that people have sent me. Uh, with the format that they kind of like accept because uh, what the judge wants to know is uh, who am I as an individual? She only has one picture. She needs to get to know me as an individual and that's through testimony of other people. So I have had to send some, some of the people that have sent me the affidavits of support a format in which they can redo it so that um, they can resend it back and I can refile those um, to USCIS or actually send them a motion um, requesting because I'm going to have to have for the Maritarian people to come and speak on my behalf so I have to send them a list of people who are going to be uh, speaking for me who they are um, what they're going to talk about etc etc so it, it's a lot of things still that need to be done I'm thankful that I still have time but with DHS, you never know because they can always find an excuse to move your court to an earlier date. So I have to start working as of Monday or tomorrow and start doing everything that I can, investigating and finding cases similar to mine where spouses of, of petitioners have passed away and how immigration judges have ruled against uh, for or against or how the BIA has ruled for or against or any circuit court has ruled for or against that. Uh, that way I can use these cases in favor of mine. Uh, hopefully the judge will allow me to adjust status. I know uh, that is kind of like a hard thing, but we're praying and I ask God that he would find favor in that. And um, anyway, uh, so far everything is okay. Uh, my little puppy Candy, she's doing okay. Um, I see that they play very much now with uh, Punky. Punky is my new little kid, kitten that I got. and. Um, to be honest, it's nice to see that Candy treats uh, Punky like if Punky was her own little pup. Uh, she she is adorable to see to see them sleeping together. How Candy sometimes bathes her and things like that. So I like that they both have get, both of them get together. At least when I'm not at home, Candy has someone that she can play with, and and the kitty also. So it's been an interesting an, an interesting few months here. I'm glad that the paperwork is the major paperwork is finally over. Now I can relax just a little bit. I wasn't able to sleep for quite a while, but now I see that I'm regaining a little bit of sleep. Uh, however, there are other issues in my life that uh, prevent me from actually being able to sleep like I used to, and that's because of of my fear of returning back home. Oh, well, I'm not going to call it home uh, to Ecuador. Uh, because right now this is my home um, anyway 
Uh, so I just decided to update you on what is going on with me and how immigration uh, works here. It's been since 2015, November 20, that that I was put in removal proceedings. So it's been actually a long, long four years now. And I don't think it has been easy. And I don't think anyone that goes through immigration proceedings, unless they want to fight their case, uh, it's going to be a while. It's, it's tedious. Um, it's stressful. Uh, it demands all your attention, especially if you cannot afford for an attorney. You have to do everything by yourself. So, and most of the time, sometimes the technicalities are what sometimes uh, uh, allow you to stay or, or deport you. So you, you have to do your work. You have to do your homework. You have, you have to investigate. And that's what I have to do also in the meantime, you know, so that I can find the best uh, possible defense for my case. So I'm not going to take any more of your time. And I will update you very soon on what is going on with us. So this is me.